We here at Sports Best Friends want to begin each episode by acknowledging the Gadigal and Camaragal peoples, the traditional owners of the lands on which we record. We also acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you all are listening, always was, always will be. of Sydney, Australia, comes two energetic Aussie commentators. Ben, aka Cardi B, is a budding expert in NBA collectibles and a longtime NBA fantasy sports winner. Big T is a rookie to the whole game, wanting to grow and learn over the season. Join them on their season of exploration here on Sports Best Friends, a member of Brooklyn Netscast Media. Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends NBA Fandom, a podcast as excited about the NBA as Nets fans are about Irving. I can't believe Kyrie Irving, that's, that thing felt like it happened last year, but anyway. Uh, I'm T, views my own, and I'm recording these views on the Patrick Zoom Ewing hotline. And on the court, waiting for tip-off, is my boy, Cardi B. How are you, sir? I'm good. I've been waiting here for, uh, what, we're, we're three or four weeks without without a pod, so... You just been in that room. Yeah, just, just me. <laughs> Logging me in. in my room. Yeah, just putting my headphones on. Is we he on tonight be too? here on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so had... nice to be back. <laughs> uh, I had uh, no idea. I mean, it was in that beautiful thing that a local radio station called Gooch Week, where you have no idea in that weird time between Christmas and New Year's, where there's just what is that space? What is that week? So I had no idea what day yeah. it was. And I think one time it rolled around where you were like, "Oh, we are we recording tonight?" And I was honestly like, "Fuck it." What what day is it? What time I'm at the, is it? I'm, I'm got, at the I'm at the, sorry yeah. sorry I'm busy I'm at yeah. the pub. <laughs> I've got no idea. Yeah, and so, who are you? Like I just had no idea what was happening. So uh, yeah, it was, I'll introduce myself next yeah. time. Sorry. Yeah, I'll give you my Twitter handle. <laughs> oh damn it! I didn't do that. You can find me on Big T on uh, on damn it, on Brooklyn Nets AUS. And where can people find you? Can find that on Insta and Twitter. What about you, Cuddy B? Uh, at Cards Bench on Twitter and then cards from the bench on Instagram. There he goes. So that was your roll. that was your yearly uh, new New Year's Eve resolution. You've already nailed the ticket off the box. Get it right. Yep. Um, yep. Get it right. Anything interesting that we should know about other than generally you've had a great time with your family for the last two weeks? No, it's been uh, anyone who's in Sydney knows that uh, the game at the moment is like Super Mario avoid COVID. Uh, so we've just been jumping around from place to place and it's, and it's been pretty quiet because of that. Uh, so, um, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's a nice time of year. Um, I actually started a real job again, two years out of Gross. corporate world and I've gone back into uh, a job this week. So my, uh, my time's a little bit spun, but, um, still, still prioritizing the things that I need to get done, which is, which is important and, um, trying to balance being a, uh, a father and a, and a full-time employee and have, uh, three or four side hustles so it's really good uh plenty of time in the day so yeah that's yeah. me mate 
What about what about you? Well, I've been COVID keeping, keeping it busy. I'm COVID free since 2003 as well, so I'm in, I've been enjoying that. All of my I've been the opposite of you. If anything, I feel like I've been fired and I'm unemployed and I'm desperately trying to get out of my pajamas each day. That's about it. So the complete all of my side hustles have been unhustled. My work stopped. Everything stopped. It's been great. Well, I think there's there's a, we'll talk about the bet, but there might be a bet there in uh, who gets COVID first or who like who has the last <gasps> longer lasting. Uh, we so can't. That, that could be it. We can't because I'm so competitive. I'll go out and just <laughs> You want to go out and get it? Look at windows until it happens. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do it. Um, don't the do only it. thing that has happened that, that I've been enjoying that I should bring up on this podcast is one of my New Year's resolutions was to, to make 100 swishes in 100 different basketball hoops. Uh, and I'm currently up to 24. And the date is wow. the 9th. So I've been, it's a huge strike rate at the minute because I know that it's going to be, I mean, I'm in the mood now. So I got to get as many done as I can now. Um, I also ha- had a thing, and, and you can chuck in your opinion on this. I had a thing about, is it courts or is it hoops? Because um, I was thinking, you know, it, it's it's a court. I switched in a court and then I got to move off. But then I realized that I needed to then find 100, essentially 100 courts in Sydney. And it was just going to be so hard to find. And then I realized even if I did both hoops on a court, that's still going to find 50 basketball courts in Sydney, which is already sounds like a tall order. Um, how do you feel about me doing hoops rather than courts? Uh, yeah, I mean every every hoop's different, right? Even even the other end. So I'll give you I'll give you the fifty, right. the fifty only. But even even finding fifty, uh, it's, it's been it, so hard. It doesn't sound like a lot. Like if you're in the netball and you can chuck a backboard up, then you're good, you know. But uh, in Sydney, but it's um, otherwise it's pretty tough to find it. And outdoors as well, obviously. So. Yeah, I mean, I can do them indoors, but then I got to book or pay for it and things like that. So yeah, it's just finding random ones. And I, I mean, to the point where I was driving along the street the other day and saw that a fence was open to a high school and like almost had a car accident pulling over. So I could run over there and they had two basketball courts. So I had four hoops there. It was an absolute gold mine. I'm so glad I did it. Um, got so sweaty because it's so humid in Sydney at the moment, but it was completely worth it. Loved it. However, it did, so need, cause, it did you, cause some... You need, people, you need people to tag you in. Uh, I found a hoop for you. found a hoop. Yeah. If you, if you can do it, tell right. me. Uh, except for Mario, because he lives out in Whoop Whoop. I'm not driving out there. Actually, I'm not even going to say that because I might be at 99 and I am going to drive out all the way to you, Mario. So if you know one, do tell me. Um, but I did, I, I shot one at that court, in fact, which which I got, a, I got an Insta DM back to me saying um, that wasn't a swish. He reckoned it hit the back, the back. Um, so no, people are judging pulse. well one guy is and I'm not sure if he listens but he's part of my fantasy thing I said to him it was netless and with a net that, that would have been a swish it just looked to you like it hit the back iron thing because there's no net in it but if it had a net you would have it would have looked like a swish so I took it as a swish and it's also I'm not like I'm going up there taking one shot and leaving like I'm often there those ones I was there for it felt like 15 minutes to do all four I've done three in a row though and the last three shots have all been I've turned up first shot swish like absolute euphoria i then stay there for about another five ten minutes so how much time i've got to, to keep shooting um but some of them take forever so i am taking like some real time to it. there are heaps of times where i get it in i'm like that wasn't a swish and then go again so uh yeah I like I, we need to get you a, we need to get you one of those nets as well that just sit in the top of the ring right so you can bring your own net as well as your ball oh i didn't know That's that existed okay, yeah, yeah you can I get those ring about... you can get those rings how do i reach them in and they... yeah. how do i reach up to a basketball hoop I can't dunk. Oh, you probably need, you probably need a little step ladder. I'm not taking all this in the car. I'm amazed <laughs> that I can keep a basketball in the car all the time, let alone a step ladder in. Seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang!
how did the let's talk about real NBA, not just me trying to swish. How are the Suns oh. going? Oh, it feels like forever. It's it's been uh, probably the worst month of basketball I've ever watched in the NBA, and that's no disrespect to the G Leaguers and the guys who are signing ten day contracts, but some of the product is just horrendous. And uh, if you don't love your team, um, some of those random games that I was like consuming at the end of last year were, were you know at least watchable. But some of the stuff that I've watched of late has just been like I watch a quarter and I'm like I can't watch this anymore. So, wow. uh, so I've still been following the Suns, um, obviously as my team, and you, you kind of you want to see the guys that you don't normally see. I think we've 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 haven't been too hard hit on the uh, COVID protocols, but a lot of teams have. So it's it's pretty ugly basketball. Uh, I must say. Uh, that being said, uh, we even with our horrendously ugly loss to Miami today, uh, we still have the best record in the league uh, by half a game, I think, on that Golden State at the moment. Um, so we're still the best in the West and then best in the league. But we're six and four in our last ten. Uh, we had some pretty. We had a terrible loss to Boston, which will make the Boston Yay. fans who listen to the podcasts happy. But that was that was pretty horrible. Uh, and then we had a, a, a breaker, a heartbreaking loss to the Grizz. Well, it wasn't heartbreaking because we never probably were in the game until right. the last kind of shot. We went up with a second to go, and then uh, John Moran hit a hit a amazing step through shot, like uh, which in later, in, yeah. But interestingly enough, later the NBA does a review. Um, on the right and wrong decisions of a game. And they came back and said his foot actually hit the ground before he released the ball. So it should have been no Ooh. basket, but you can't. I actually think that's worse. That's worse to think, oh, we would have won that game. Mm. <laughs> so, so that hurt. Um, so, yeah, barring today's loss, uh, which was um, giving Tyler Hero 33 points. And as I was texting a few people, uh, he's like one of my all-time uh, favorite guys to hate. And uh, we let him have 33 points. Yeah. Uh, and he was obviously coming back. He had this um, this scuffle. He'd just been fined $25,000 by the NBA for his scuffle with um, Nokish last mm-hmm. week where, uh, where he got hit with a screen and jumped up and carried on. And I think I hate him because he plays the game like I would play the game where he does like dodgy shit just to like piss people off. And then he like <laughs> falls over and that's, that's how I would play the game. So <laughs> I see a lot of myself in him and that's why I don't like him. So right. uh, look, we, uh, we're doing okay. We probably got introduce the guys back in who have been out for COVID protocols. We've got, we're about to go out on a five game road trip uh, to sort of Toronto, Indiana, Detroit, San Antonio, and Dallas. I mean, we want to go four and one on that, at least on that trip. So, um, you know, maybe four, win the next four and then go to Dallas and see what happens. But uh, that's kind of where we're at. Um, the, probably the biggest story for the Suns, and, and there's probably these stories in every team, but obviously I follow it because of the Suns yeah. um, fanfare. But um, there's a guy called Jalen Smith, who was our 10th draft pick uh, last last year. And... Uh, we actually declined his option for next year. So as in, he's an unrestricted free agent and because he had been playing so few minutes and then he's come out and he's, he's been amazing. Um, mm. Now, declining his option, was it a mistake? I think that's probably a question that a lot of Suns fans are asking, but he really didn't show a whole lot. And I think the good thing now is that we can trade him. We'll probably trade him at the deadline because he's oh. going to leave anyway. So we might get a bit of value for him. And yeah. if we can... Um, we don't want to trade him for picks because we probably need someone as a power forward to to take like 
he's not playing playoff minutes in in the current structure if everyone in front of him is healthy but he's been playing well for us to keep us afloat and uh if we can move him for like a Thad Young or even like a Marvin Bagley from from Sacramento I'd be pretty <laughs> happy names. so Thad Young and Thad Bagley Young. I thought you like I picked those just because I, I like I really like the names it's great to be uh, back <laughs> so I think for us, uh, that's kind of the story. And then what Sun fans are talking about is like, what do we do with Jalen Smith? Because he's only 21. He's broken his career high like four games in a row. Wow. Um, and then today, and then today with everyone back, I think he played like 12 minutes and had a pretty pretty ordinary game. So uh, hopefully we move him. Uh, and that's that's pretty much my son's. Um, that's my son's pot. I mean, we don't have any. Um, you know, superstar anti-vax players coming back. So um, probably got a little bit more to talk about than I do. And you're 30 and nine, which is an incredible record. Um, mm. And so we had one game this week that I'm going to talk about because another thing I'm going to do this year is just talk about wins, uh, which will be easy because we're, we're an incredible team. But the uh, I'm, I'm very wary of the fact that <clears throat> when we started this pod, it was, uh, I'm obviously on a basketball holiday uh, from rugby league, but the, the rugby league world is lurching itself back into my consciousness as now that we're in 2022. Mm. And I do have to accept that my team will probably be um, the opposite of the nets when we go into it. Well, I'm probably going to be supporting, you know, the Houston Rockets or the Oakland city. Thunder. But the Oakland city Thunder is actually a better one where it's a terrible record, but the team is lovable. And, and there's a lot of people that like them, that there'll be some narrative that people like. So because of that, there's going to be a lot of losses in that. So I'm going to focus just on the wins in this pod so that I have some period of time on holiday where I can pretend that my life is amazing. And so on Thursday, we played the Indiana Pacers, which was a crazy game because obviously Kyrie was coming back. Uh, The COVID protocols uh, meant that everyone's doing 10-day contracts, as you were saying, which is just outrageous. And I really hope that happens in all of my sports in my life because I'd love to see the AFL and NRL also doing 10-day contracts where somebody gets concussed and then goes back to woodwork or whatever they do during the week, and that's it. Because uh, 10 days in the NBA is a bunch of games, whereas 10, by, 10 games in, in the context sports we watch, or like the NFL, that's one game, maybe two. So it'll be crazy to see how this works in real life, in, in other parts of my life. Kyrie was supposed to come back. He went into immediately COVID protocols, which I just loved the drama of him being back and then him being straight away put into COVID. He did play for us against uh, the Pacers and, and everyone was so excited. So at real Cody Malaroy or Katie, Cody Malaroy tweeted, going to bed early tonight so Kyrie Irving is here quicker. And that was essentially the entire feeling of all of Nets Twitter. So excited. Whatever we were talking about in the preseason or whenever he was not doing any anti-vax stuff had been completely gone. Everyone had deleted their tweets and it was pro Kyrie everywhere. At King Papi Solo, my wife is giving birth to our second child tonight. And I told her I'm immediately hospital after Kyrie plays. Again, hit that that tweet was met with a thousand good idea, you know, congratulations. Name the second child Kyrie, that kind of thing. Uh, and everyone loved that. We ended up winning that game, uh, which was which wasn't, I mean, I felt like there was an absolute W. The entire day I was just excited that Kyrie was coming back. And at no stage should I ever think about us losing. And by halftime, we'd been barely in the lead and we were losing mm. quite considerably. And I then realized, holy shit. I forgot that it's now an apple. I just I took it as not only exciting that Kyrie's coming back, but we could never possibly lose with those three guys finally there. And then seeing us lose, especially against Indiana, I was like, oh, fuck me. The comeback was incredible. It was a great game for Nets fans. Uh, real, it, it felt like a narrative movie, just Kyrie coming back. And, and that game itself then felt like a movie. It was great. 
at Michael at Mike A. Scotto tweeted Kevin Durant, quoting Kevin Durant. He said, it was amazing to have him out there meaning Kyrie. I missed his presence in the locker room, his energy around the team. His game is so beautiful. It makes the game so much easier for everyone out there. The game of basketball is happy to have him back. What a beautiful thing to say. But particularly the fourth quarter was happy to have him back because we've suffered in some fourth quarters, particularly against teams that we shouldn't. And so Kyrie doing that, but also Patty. Patty in that fourth hit so many clutch. He didn't score many points in this game, but he's so clutch in the fourth, um, finding those little threes just to put us ahead whenever we need him. And while also talking about Cap Patty, I want to give a shout out to Bembry, Andre Bembry at SNY Nets. He said, shout out to Bembry, who was 24 points, or he was plus 24, I should say, in the 20 minutes he was on there on the bench, off the bench, which was incredible. And last thing I'll say before um, I blow my load over Kyrie Irving, at James Harden tweeted, good having you back, King, at Kyrie Irving. And then Steve Nash quote tweeted that with crown emojis, three crowns as well, obviously for his three big guys. And Isaiah Thomas tweeted at Isaiah Thomas, love watching at Kyrie Irving play basketball. The entire universe felt like they'd forgiven or forgot or whatever. Everyone on social media was talking about how great it was having back. And it was so good that that narrative was tied up with a win. How did you see the game? <laughs> oh, I don't want to tell you what I really thought, but oh, I, love I, that. I, I, I opened up my Twitter on the day and it was like the resurrection, like seriously, yeah. the guy, the guy coming back and there's everything about me that that loved Kyrie as a player. Like it really, like he's an amazing basketball. When he was in Cleveland, like you know, I loved him. Uh, I that that fourth quarter. I think he had ten points in the fourth quarter. You know, sometimes you you watch WWE and you know, obviously there's there's scripts there. Sometimes yeah, yeah. the NBA, I feel like maybe it's happening and we don't really know. Like because <laughs> some of that stuff that happens. There was this move where he took a took a rebound and went went down the court. Mr. Like, Coast was so stepped good. through. It was ridiculous, right? It was so good, and I was like, you couldn't make that up. Yeah. And I think sometimes we have that in the NBA. Um, he looked great. I think they you you've, you have to find a way to integrate a guy that's you know top. 25 in the league and if you can get him playing 50% of the games then great but it has to be disruptive right like I, I just don't see how um, it's not but the thing that worries me I think the most watching that game was that I don't think he knows he's the third best player on that team <laughs> that's what worries me the most I wrote that down because it was like in his mind there's no question that he's the best basketball player on the planet and I love that confidence but when you're playing with Durant and even Harden maybe a oh, cool what? second and Patty Mills, KD, Patty, of course. How how dare I forget? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, when you're playing with someone like Durant, uh, who who takes the last shot in that team? And like you know, Durant is the man, and we talked about it on this pod for the last kind of ten weeks. Like he's the best player in the league at the moment, and I just hope Kyrie doesn't mess it up like he did in Boston, where he just you know he blew it up. So um, my hope, well, like part of me hopes that he blows it up and he messes it up because hey, I don't hey, want hey. the Nets to win the title. Only because I want the Suns to win the title, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think um, he's an amazing player to watch and, and basketball-wise. Like, the guy's, just, the guy's just a freak. So um, that's how I saw it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, KD in that game with him back had almost 40 points, which was just yeah. incredible. And almost, tri- I mean, I say almost, almost triple-double with seven assists and eight rebounds as well. Um, just incredible. He did that with 41 minutes. James Harden also played 40 minutes in that game. Uh, with 18, 6, and 5. So you you hope that you hope that him being back is something that we talked about is that 
um, you can rest KD. You can mm. give KD a night off on the second night of a back-to-back yeah. against the Detroit Pistons or whatever. Much like, you know, the um, Steph Curry got rested the other night against uh, the Pelicans and they lost the game, but it doesn't really matter when you're rolling, right? So you let other guys come in and, and play. So hopefully that Kyrie back, uh, maybe maybe KD can have, uh, you know, a few games off where he doesn't play 40 minutes. Blake Griffin is one person I'm mildly worried about. He was mm. starting at the beginning of the year and he faded dramatically in this game. He played five minutes, zero points. He was zero from two in that thing. He was minus three overall. It just that guy's really was supposed to be like above Aldridge, but Marcus Aldridge has been the one who's been the veteran, yeah. incredible guy coming off the bench, sixteen minutes in this game, thirteen points. Um, I think he's yeah. done, mate. Yeah, he's I think really, he's done. It's a real shame. I, I liked him as a as a player for such a long time. He was at the Clippers as well, if I'm remembering that right. Uh, which yep. I really, really Lobs, liked. Lob City, him and Chris Paul were the, and uh, DeAndre Jordan were the, were, the, were the guys back in the day. But, um, you know, he went to Detroit and he was kind of done there and he, and he got paid out and went to the Nets and they thought he was going to... I think he was actually pretty good last year, but yeah. it just seems like he's, he might be done. So, yeah. So we've got a bunch of Ws coming up this week. We will beat the Spurs tomorrow. We've got the Trailblazers because the Spurs are near the bottom. Trailblazers are near the bottom. Uh, the Bulls are going to be really hard, particularly since they're, I think, now winning our. Um, they are. They're two and a half games. Two and a half games up in the East at the moment. The Bulls are at the top of the standings. And I want to come so. back to you on that in just a sec. And then we should beat um, OKC at home, and then we'll also beat the Pelicans at home. Obviously, the home games are. A, problematic for us because even before Kyrie we're currently in a five game losing streak at home and our away records the only thing keeping us afloat and that was before Kyrie so uh, well it's interesting to see what happens to that now I would love to hear about what's happening for the rest of the league but first we're going to start with Chicago because you have been waxing lyrical about how you don't think Chicago is a real deal and they have been in that top five-ish for almost the entire season they're now number one we're almost and in one the in a row yeah, how are, you, how are you feeling about them now? I still don't believe. They yeah. put them in the bucket. Put them in the bucket with Utah, man. Uh, oh no, I love Utah a, as well. There's one thing to be a great regular season team, and and I just don't know if you take Zach Levine and and Vucevic, uh, into even even Ball to an extent. You take them into a series against a against the Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, I just don't see them beating them four out of seven games. It's that, that's my, that's my feeling right now. They've been pretty like they're on a nine game winning streak. They're nine and one in their last 10. Uh, they won two games where um, DeRozan hit two uh, last second shots to win two games, which has never happened in the NBA before, which is, you know, absolutely amazing. But uh, you can't, he can't do that every night. And when the, when the defense, churns up and he has to give it to Zach Levine to score a basket. I'm just, I don't have the confidence. And I know there's people that are going to say I'm crazy, but um, let's see where we, let's see where we uh, land on the playoffs and I'm happy to eat it. I also, this is also the guy that said that Golden State were going to be shit this year. So, you know, take my, take my opinion for what it is. (laughs) Someone's got that in a, in a WhatsApp conversation and and has sent it to me a couple of times. So yeah, I, I hear it. I hear it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what about speaking of confidence we've got to talk about this at OKC Thunder tweeted Josh Giddy has set the NBA record for the youngest player to record a triple double and that was 
sent to me by at hypotheticrl who also tweeted when are you coming back to talk about giddy and so i appreciate the uh, excitement at mario underscore seeds responded to that saying damn right emergency pod come on t you know dave and i would be happy to step up at short notice so Cardi, they're also shooting shots at you there that both of those guys are happy to jump on and talk about NBA uh, whenever you're not. Unfortunately for you, well, it's I me was, who keeps was, slowing us. I was going to say, I was sitting here, man. I was sitting on the court with my ball, just no one to play with. So, um, you know, if, if, there's a, if there's a giddy fan out there, uh, I think it's important to, to get excited about him. Uh, I, I like, you know, I love my research. So today I, I spent a little bit of time doing my Josh Giddy research. What I did find out was that he was also the youngest player to record a triple-double in the NBL. Oh, rad. Mm. That is a cool start, right? So, but my bigger question, and if we're going to talk about his stats, um, uh, in the first 20 games in the league, 100 assists and 100 rebounds, only two other players have done that, and that was LeBron, LeBron and Lamello. Oh, damn it. No, Lamello. So he's in pretty amazing company. But the dude is, how did he miss out on playing for the Boomers? How do we not? How did he get cut from the squad? This is this is the question that I have. If someone could answer that question, because I wasn't following it enough, and I know that he played in Vegas, because I remember seeing him in the in the league there. I think he was at summer league, and he was also it was around the same time, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but like, how did he not make the squad? Um, I'm assuming he's going to be a, a a permanent fixture for the next you know ten years for the Boomers. But um, the kid is the kid is pretty amazing, and uh, West Rookie of the Month for the first two months. Uh, Western Conference Rookie of the Month for the first two months of the season. Uh, it's a stacked rookie class, yeah. and um, I think in maybe in other years he's 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 walking away with a Rookie of the Year. But um, the kid's pretty amazing, even on a shitty team, putting up great stats. I know that's always a that's always a line we hear a lot of, and that happens obviously in the Rookie of the Year comp uh, a lot. But there's um, there's not too many people that if you redrafted now wouldn't he he wouldn't he would be in the top five right like mm. there's no way he falls to six even um so i think australians have something to get excited about i was talking to a friend the other day who was saying oh i don't know much about the nba but i heard about this josh giddy guy yeah, and i yeah, like yeah. when you when you start hearing that that's pretty cool for uh for australians and you know he's he's making noise in all the right places. I heard it. I don't know if he's. I don't. Do you know what his official nickname is? Oh God! It's supposed no, to be no. The, I know oh, it's supposed to be the Wizard uh, of Wizard Oz. Of Oz? OZ. Okay. Yeah. Ah, okay, that, that is, is terrible. I saw that and I was like, that's a that's a pretty terrible yeah, nickname. So we need to. Well, I think we need to come up with a better nickname for for Gids. Mm. Um, but uh, otherwise, look, I'm I'm super impressed. Um, I like watching the Thunder. Him and him and SGA together are, are a little strange. Um, it doesn't, I don't know whether it's his hairdo. Maybe he just needs a haircut. <laughs> um, we've talked about hair before on this pod. Uh, but something about him, he just feels a little awkward on the on the floor. And um, but he gets it done. So who am I to who am I to judge? Yeah, he does. Are you look, excited? He doesn't look beautiful, I'll give you that. Like when I watch Jalen Morant, he really does look yeah. like he's already choreographed it. It's such a smooth motion. Um, and I could be getting mildly racist here as well, but you know, it's like a whole, but one of my friends is a, is a drummer and he loves watching like middle aged white people dance because they can't. And so maybe it's a, maybe it's just, he's a white dude. And so his his movements just don't look as fluid as everyone 
who we love and watch dance all the time. He just doesn't have the right rhythm or he has a different rhythm. It might not be right. So it's a different one. And he's been so successful, but we're just not used to seeing someone play that rhythm. That, that's, a, that's probably a stretch. I'm just trying to find something. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about No, him, no, no. Though, there's, there's a... There's, a, there's, there's an NBA documentary about him on, on KO that I watched randomly during the rugby league season. I think I was waiting for a finals game and it just popped up and whatever they did was interesting enough for me to go, I'm going to watch this. I have no idea who this kid is. Uh, NBL is lame, but I will watch this documentary. And it wasn't for about 30, my, 30 minutes. The game ended up starting and I paused the documentary and went back to find it just to watch the last 15, 20 minutes because it was excellent. Just and I, I, He hadn't started yet. The NBA season hadn't started yet, so I had no idea who it was going to be. But his story about where he started and where he got to, it ended with him getting drafted. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was yeah. really, really great. Really well told. Um, I was so excited that the kid's actually doing well. I just thought, oh, that's cute. An Australian person made it to the NBA and got drafted, but it was he's, he's just exploded since then. So super exciting. Um, someone someone for the young kids to look up to that play mm. basketball, right? Like he went through the NBL. He stuck it out. He played a year there. He was rookie of the year there. I mean, like, he, he ticks all the boxes for for the for the young kids that are, that are playing basketball. So um, yeah, some someone we're excited to watch and hopefully it keeps going. Uh, he I'm assuming he's oh, I was I heard something earlier today that um, so he's not playing in his preferred jersey number. So it'll be interesting to see what he does next year. Whether he uh, it sounds like he'll be able to play in number six next year. I think that way, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he'll be able to play in number six next year for OKC. So it'll be interesting to see if he moves jerseys, if anyone mm. cares about that stuff. But, no. you know, when you, like, buy a jersey and you're like, cool, I want him to be in his number, and then he changes jerseys, like, midway through, and you're like, oh, that sucks. So yeah, um, no, I think I he, play, like yeah, he plays in three. He plays in three, right? So he should be – six is his number. And so I like this because they date them, um, which sounds negative, but I kind of like that – you then know that like LeBron in 23 Lakers is different to LeBron in six and, and, and things like that. Or, or even the small period of time where Jordan's changed number for the Bulls. Like they're just little parts of their story that, that I find interesting. And that's true. And, and Kobe also. And you know, you're, re- you know, you're, oh, you know, you're a real fan. If you've got the uh, giddy yes, three jersey three, instead of right. six. Uh, the rookie jersey, rookie three. I, I, I discovered him. I discovered yeah. him. Uh, I'm going to go and get my jersey. Now come and buy the card, buy the card from cards from the bench. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Now it's time for, I've turned up late and I've got some questions. Uh, At Realtalk900, he has written... Tim Duncan never had a losing season in 18 seasons, went to the playoffs every year. He was in the league and won five championships in a league with Kobe and Shaq in it. Uh, I know Tim Duncan, and that's a lot because I know he's not particularly, I wouldn't, I usually know players because they're really good and because they have a crazy personality post playing. Tim Duncan, I know, has zero personality and has been fantastic. <laughs> so what's your take on Tim Duncan? Uh, yeah, go. Oh, this is, I wasn't sure. I saw Tim Duncan on the, on the, on the run list. And I was like, I wonder where we're going to go with this. Cause uh, as a, as a Phoenix fan, um, I hate the Spurs and I hate Tim Duncan. Um, as they knocked us out, they were always the bogey team for us. Uh, there's 
the many, many documented series that we lost because of, of the Spurs. But uh, like, uh, there's been a lot of chat over the years, especially since uh, his retirement on um, where does he sit in times of the, the best players. I mean, uh, you talked a little bit about it there, but I mean, there's, there's a couple of things that I was researching today. I mean, he's the best guy on five title teams, right? Like that's, that's that's pretty nuts. amazing. Yeah. His his winning percentage is the highest ever. He won 71 71.9% of his games. Like <laughs> that is nuts. that is crazy, right? Uh two back-to-back MVPs. He was on the NBA first team 10 times, the second team three times and the third team twice. He played 251 playoff games and he averaged 21 and 11 rebounds. And Really, when it comes down to it, if you gave him five guy, four other guys to play with, it's a fifty-win team. And as a as a fan, I mean that's that's pretty remarkable. Uh, the the there's a really good podcast for anyone that wants to. Uh, you can probably find it. It's a a, a quick ten minute video on um, Bill Simmons does with uh, Steve Jackson and Matt yeah. Barnes on on whether you would have. Uh, Kobe or Tim Duncan and the stats all show that you would take Tim Duncan every day of the week but they talk a lot about that what he was missing was that killer instinct and that Mm. like we're going to go and we're going to take these guys and he's going to be the leader in the locker room and I think that's probably probably where he missed out but I mean he go if you look at the stats and it goes down to history I mean he's definitely one of the top top 10 guys probably in the league ever Mm. like and there's there's not really anyone that has a resume that rivals that uh, the other thing I would say is that he was coached by Greg Popovich, who is the winningest coach in NBA history. The guy is a bloody genius. And we talk about that. We've talked about the Spurs on this podcast. Like he's getting his team now, even though they don't have a great record, they play to every minute and he's just a really smart operator. So mate, the guy's the guy's a bit of a legend um, in terms of personality, which in, in this day and age is with social media and yeah. the highlight reels. I mean, he's never going to make the highlight reels, but he averaged 21 and 11 in the playoffs. Like that's a pretty amazing stat, right? So mm. that's kind of my take on him. Um, I, I hate, I hate to love him, but he's as a basketball basketball person. Like he's just amazing. So the way that I first found out about him was through a book called the captain class, which is by someone. And I should know who that is. Oh, it's by uh, Walker S Walker. And it's an incredible book about the most winningest, as you said, teams of all time. And this guy wanted to know what, what was it that made a team the most winningest? He then took every great franchise team on any sport. So badminton, soccer, um, lawn bowls, anyone, any team, and he qualified what a team was as well, which was it had to be essentially basketball's the minimum for what a team could be. It had to be more than it had to be more than four and had to have a certain other stipulations came out, but basketball just scraped in. Um, but beach volleyball with two people or, or paired tennis didn't didn't count. Uh, so he did all of that and then eventually worked out that he, he then found that only he, he took like a thousand of those things and then kept cutting out, cutting, whittling down these teams and these uh, records down to, he tried to get it down to 10 and could get it down to, I think, 13 or, four, or 14 in the end and he couldn't split the last ones. And one of them, I assumed immediately that the Chicago Bulls would be in it, like without even opening the book yet. And then was reading, yeah. and they're like, no, people did what the Chicago Bulls did all the time. You had to, your, your record had to be un, like untouchable. No one else has done it or anything like that. And so I was like, oh, shit, okay. And so Bulls went in it and, and the New Zealand All Blacks for the rugby union was in it and all, all these other incredible teams and stuff. But the, 
the the Spurs were in it, and I remember reading it going, "What the fuck is going on? Like they're not an incredible team. What what is this bullshit about?" And then reading it, I was like, "Holy shit! What the hell is this team? I've never had it on. Like they're just so unassuming and and not flashy. They're, they're not Shaq or whatever. That I just had never heard of them while I was succeeding the entire time. Um, and so the, this book, by the way, whittles down to the one major thing that every single of those teams had because he needed to find the top echelon of those teams to then find what was similar in all of them. And he found that there was a captain, a leader, someone in it that, and they had the exact mm-hmm. same traits. They weren't the same people, but those captains each had this, a similar trait. And Tim Duncan was this person um, in that team and he was the only common thread. And the moment he left, all of the things that the Spurs were doing weren't happening anymore. So an incredible book. If anyone's um, bored it's a, and loves sport, it was a great way to look at sport, a really different way of looking at sport. And so that's why I, love- I, I just find Tim Duncan still fan- fascinating. I love the there's there's I've just looked it up and there's a there's a line in there that says um, they communicate in a low key practical and democratic way and you could just see Tim Duncan sitting in a locker room like talking like that right like kind of really low key I'm the best player here but I don't need everyone to I don't need to showboat about it I just do it and it's probably it's probably very true because we would imagine the, um, immediately imagine like the kind of Hollywood halftime chat where someone's like, you know, you get on my back and I'm going to get a say, blah, 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 blah. Whereas it's people like him who's just scoring 21 points and sweating and everyone's like, holy shit, I've also got to sweat and I've also got to at least make, yeah. you know what I mean? It's those actions, quiet actions that were those people had that incredible. They, they, that as a team, I mean, uh, digressing a little bit, but as a team, the Spurs brought in international players more so than anyone did. And so they had Manu Ginobili from Argentina. They had Tony Parker from France. And a lot of these guys didn't have the egos of the, right, right. the the people that had come up through the system with the American system. And so they just came in and they knew their job and Popovich gave them a job and they executed it. And they didn't need to be the guy that scored 20, but if they needed to, they would score 20. And, and that was what made that team, those teams so good. And they just brought in pieces they didn't need a superstar team. They just brought in pieces and said, this is your job. Bruce Bowen, you're going to be the person that everyone in the NBA hates, including every fan. I hated Bruce Bowen, but he did his job and everyone knew what his job was. And like, that was just the teams I had. So they were, they were probably the team that I think last year was the first year they missed their playoffs in, a, in like many, many years. Uh, and because they just have that structure and culture that's just, breeds winning and it's it probably comes a lot of it from the time that Duncan was there so it's pretty amazing and you want to talk about Ginobili and then Parker but you're not going to say he also brought in Australia's Paddy Mills I mean you that's the second time <sighs> well Paddy was there right Paddy was there I think Pat, the version we see of Paddy now is better than the version that we saw at the Spurs but maybe you're just given a little bit more freedom at the, at the at the Nets than he ever was at the Spurs I don't know again the other thing the other thing to look at is that uh, you know, I watched this. The Spurs are never on ESPN, right? The Spurs were never on national TV. They were always like, you never go to the pub and watch the Spurs. They were never on TV. They were always like, if you had league pass, you watch them. And it's probably still very true. They're a small market team and they just don't get the fanfare. And I heard that, heard someone say the other week on a pod, like, this San Antonio would be a great place for Ben Simmons to be traded to because there's no fanfare there. Uh... He can just go, he can go and he can. He doesn't. He'll get. He'll get one or two people that'll interview him for a game, and there'll be one story written every week. Like it's not a Philadelphia, or Boston, in New York, and LA mm. where he's gonna, when he's gonna attract all the attention. So yeah, maybe we see him, and maybe he ends up there just because of that reason. So yeah, great property there as well. So Tony Parker documentary. His house is outrageous. Anything else that you have seen? Actually, no. Can we talk about Dub Nation? Because I was watching. I had a chance to sit and watch at a pub 
Golden State versus um, Denver, which was a crazy game. And I found myself going for Denver um, Nuggets. And uh, what's his name was having such a bad game. Um, Curry. Steph Curry was like zero oh. from 10 at one stage. It was just nuts. He kept shooting, which I loved about him, um, yeah. but just had such a bad game. Um, but Clay's coming back. Tell us about what's happening. So Clay returning uh, after an ACL and Achilles tear, uh, 941 game, uh, days since he played a competitive game of NBA basketball. Uh, so that's tomorrow for uh, Monday, Monday Australia time. Um, he'll return. Um, the The deal is that Steve Kerr came out and said uh, he'll play 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and it'll be interesting to see the impact he has on the offense. Obviously, the guy is, guy is amazing and can can rack up points pretty quickly. But they flow so well. And anyone who's watched a Golden State game, I mean, they just all know their spots. And, you know, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins and those guys are playing Within the offense, Gary Payton as well has been great on defense. And you kind of introduce someone that needs 15 touches a game and, and needs to put up 10 shots. It'll be just interesting to see how how he mm. meshes into that um, or, and how disruptive it is for them. I think it's good that he's coming back now so that he's got sort of three yeah, months to get into yeah. the flow. Uh, but I think it'll have um, – it's, it's amazing for the league. I mean, it's great to, to have him back. Uh, the guy's one of the greatest shooters ever and him and Curry together is just pretty crazy to watch. And he's probably one of the few guys who he doesn't need to dribble the ball, right? He just needs to stand there and they, they'll get it to him and he'll, and he'll hit some shots. And there's a, there's a great sequence where uh, I think he scored, he hit seven three-pointers and he took five dribbles total uh, in, in, a, in a game. And there's a great YouTube clip of that if anyone wants to check it out. But uh, it's, it's pretty cool for the league. Um, for someone to come back after what are devastating injuries, you know that's 941. Like, that's like two and a half years, right? Of of, of not playing basketball, nearly three. So, pretty amazing. There was a great uh, images that I think the NBA put together. Somebody put it together, which was a whole bunch of players in their jerseys the last time Clay played, and it's all of these big names, and they're all in different different, different places. Yeah, it's incredible. It's a great way to date everyone again through jerseys. It's very very clever. I love that he was, and he, and for those that haven't seen in in like the the scrimmages in the team, he's been wearing number seventy six because he got snubbed for the um, top seventy five players of all time, and so he's, <laughs> he's put himself in there. I think it's actually I think it's seventy seventy wears because there was a tie for seventy seventy fifth or something. So he's wearing like he's he's obviously going to come back with a with a point to prove that he should have been in the top seventy five. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he plays. I'd love to see him smile once in a while as well. That'd be good. You sound like a 1950s boss talking to your secretary. <laughs> love to see you smile sometimes. Yeah, come on, honey. Uh, now, the last thing I want to talk about, and it's only because we love um, we love Backyard so much, Boston lose another buzzer beater. At Real Cody Mulleroy said, Bing Bong is going to be out tonight for sure. One, I love Bing Bong still so much. Two, the fact that it's happening in the garden I don't know. Knicks in Boston, just I just love it. Well, did have you watched that game? Are you feeling the hate? What, you know, what's backyard said to you? What's what's the vibe? Uh, I don't think he was that happy about it. Surprisingly enough, uh, he's his uh, WhatsApp that came through, and I wasn't watching the game, but he said, um, "F and RJ hadn't hit a, a shot all game, and then it's one of the buzzers." So, I'm one of the uh, craziest buzzer beaters. Oh my god. <laughs> It was pretty, but it was like 
uh, yeah, misses all night and hits the buzzer. And and it's just one of those things. I mean, like, I, I went back and had a look at the game and watched the highlights and I watched the coach afterwards. The coach is, the new coach for Boston is really good at throwing his team under the bus. Um, and I don't know whether it's, it's obviously something that he's decided to do, but he calls out his guys all the time. And he's like, there's no leadership in the locker room and all this kind of stuff. I mean, for me, uh, I went back and looked at the stats. He played a nine-man rotation on the second night of a back-to-back. And all that tells me is that by the end of the day, the end of the game, your guys were tired, Cooked. right? Mm. Like, seriously, like, I mean, I don't know anything about coaching basketball, but I can look at that and go, what the hell are you thinking? So... Uh, I think they have some coaching problems. They have some leadership problems. Uh, I don't think Marcus Mark Smart for me is someone that um, th- he thinks he's Kyrie Irving um, and he's not. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a long way from it. And he just has too much confidence and too much time with the ball on a team that needs to be given it to Jalen Brown who goes for 50 or Tatum who can go for 40 on any night. So I would, um, I'd be super frustrated as a Boston fan Um so that, that's kind of my take on it. I uh, also, like you, watched the highlights and saw that um, because I have a real fascination, it's horrible of me now I think about it, with watching Lakers in Boston um, because I no, I wouldn't definitely call me fans of either of them, but I enjoy the basketball play and I enjoy watching them both lose or win. Like I'm kind of, if they lose, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, I love this drama of watching the Lakers lose again. Like how's this happening? Um, or Boston. Uh, but I just felt like when Tatum steps in and takes a two when you know you're going to give them you know the best part of two seconds where all they need to do is shoot a three i just felt like why wouldn't you you're he was he was standing in a three-point zone with no coverage Mm. and steps in closer to take an easier shot i get like you want to get it in but also you're not you're not actually clinching a win you're just trying to putting pressure back on the other team and for me if you're in that situation i'd want to clinch the game not give them another go you know what i mean like I don't want to. I don't want to see if if I get the chance, I'd rather the ball in my hand rather than the ball in their hand and try and defend it. And I felt like he took the let's put the pressure pressure back on them rather than let me just try and wrap it up. Um, it's pretty amazing. I mean, New York's as dysfunctional as Boston as well. So uh, <laughs> they 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 lost a lot of games that they probably should have won, and they probably haven't been playing with the same amount of effort. And both teams are at five hundred or thereabouts, and that's probably reflective of of where they're. They are this year. They're probably 500 teams, and they'll probably they're probably first round if they make it, um, or they're playing game, and that'll probably be it. So, yeah, frustrating as a fan, I'm sure. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead. Uh, let's get down to the points. Tell me about your fantasy team, sir. Yeah, yeah, doing well. Oh, this will be really quick. Well, this will be really quick because I've given up on the season. You did uh, what? No, I haven't. Um, so this week I'm down by 500 points with a day to play. So I'm pretty <laughs> much done. Uh, I'm going to be, by the end of the week, I'll be six and six. Um, and last week I had eight players out. So um, it's been a really fun ride. Uh, and I'm at the, I'm at a tipping point where I'm about to blow it all up because there's just so much uncertainty. And that was kind of, summarized today where I'm, I forgot to put two guys in my lineup and I was really stressed because I was like, oh no, I'm like, didn't put them in. I'm gonna, and then I was like, oh, I'm already 500 points behind. It doesn't really matter. And then I looked down at the end of the day and by not putting them in my lineup, I actually missed out on four and a half total points. So that really says it all that I just, I'm just having a really, really crappy, <laughs> crappy run at the moment. Uh, I have CJ McCollum who has uh, a deflated lung 
Um, I've got Butler, Butler, and who's out indefinitely. Butler, Butler, and uh, Lillard, who have been out on and off. Um, Rashawn Holmes is currently he was out with an eye injury, then he went straight into COVID protocol. Hayden's just come back from COVID protocol. Times are so tough that I even signed Rondon Rondo to um, who just got traded from the Lakers to the Cavs to um, to play alongside Darius Garland. So um, I. I'm think I'm putting together a strategy to blow it up and to play for next year because uh, we're in our three year keep, uh, five year keeper league. So uh, watch this space. Um, but I'm uh, yeah I'm going to blow it up. So what about you? Uh, I'm still not as pessimistic as you. I'm only fifty points behind this week, um, but I'm two games. I got two games left, and I'm still sitting in third, tied third on six and five. So. A big slip. The guy's coming first is eight and three, and he's tied. Um, and so I'm then tied for, for third. So um, a, a lot to happen. I'm also game time dependent on so many people. The protocols killed me when I had Durant and um, KD out. So TJ Maxx is still injured. I think I'm going to finally put him on the bench. But um, LeBron's constantly game time dependent, um, which is also really upsetting me. But... Uh, a lot of my injuries have disappeared. Now I'm looking, this is probably the healthiest I've been for about five weeks. So I'm looking to go on a better run for the next couple of weeks, which is which is exciting. And I'm still enjoying it. I haven't given up on my, like, looking to see who I should move around. Haven't traded in and out much, but I have used my bench a lot. Like, I'm looking at my branch, yeah, and things like that. So that's that's going well enough. Capella's looking great at the moment. I'm really happy with that. LeBron's playing really, really well, even though he's GDP. Durant, obviously, he's doing his thing. And Kuzma... Um, who, who was a kind of question yeah, mark pickup. Yeah, he's been playing mm. really well recently. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy with with that. Uh, so there's a chance, there's a chance that I really hope this doesn't happen for human people's sake, but there's a chance that he, you know, Siakam or someone from his team or Embiid gets injured and then that's the 50 points I need to make up and they move, you know, and they're the two games that I also need to catch up. And there's, there's still a chance this week. I am playing the guy who is coming third. So that's, it's a win I really need, but. Or, and a loss I really don't want to cop, but we can do. I think it's all going to come down to, more so than ever, it's really going to come down to play a health at the end of the season when it comes to the playoffs. So if you can hang around and, and make the playoffs, anything's possible. I heard that uh, Kawhi Leonard might be back. Uh, I don't know if he'll be back in time for the end of the fantasy season, but you know, he's the kind of guy that you, if you sort of, falling over a little bit and you've lost a couple of games in a row and there's a talk that he might come back, you know, do you stash him on your, on your bench um, and hope that he comes back. And uh, there's so many guys in the league that I had never heard their names before. Uh, So it's, it's, and, and you, you can go, you know, my strategy of always using my two acquisitions and picking up people every week is just dead because you don't know who's going to be out uh, the next day. So it's really changed the whole fantasy fantasy landscape this year and um, made it a little bit more challenging. But if we've got a couple of guys in our league who have actually had COVID and so they've spent 10 days just like studying. <laughs> so they're actually doing pretty well. So that's all you need to do. If you can pick up COVID, um, it seems to work really well for your uh, yeah. your fantasy league. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the play, I think. Uh, the only other thing that I did do is I, because there were so many injuries, I then extended like my injury bench bit and just hibernated people in there that were really good, but people didn't want because they're going to be injured for like six weeks or, or four weeks. So then I picked them up nice. while they were injured, hid them on my injury thing. And now they're good, put them back in the real team. And so I did 
incubate um, a few long-term injuries, which are starting to pay off as well, which is, there's a, there's a hot tip for me next year as well. I've got to make sure I do that. Uh, like I should have hit, I should have hit Kyrie or someone down there. I don't know if he was injured. I don't think you. No, he probably he probably would have been. Yeah. yeah, I think he would have been drafted though. Anyway, someone would have. Oh, he was drafted. Drafted. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, yeah. someone like that. Yeah. Someone like that. John Miller, McKee gets it in the middle for the win. It's- okay, tell me about the bet. This is often when the oh, expert the tries to flex on the rookie. I think you're up currently by one or two. I think you're um the bet the yeah. the. Uh, getting money for charity, I think, got you one point, and then I think you got more threes that week, whatever that was. Yep. So, so, so I'm up, two. I'm up five three, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the bet that we had last time, um, just seems redundant. So I think we just run it again. Um, I didn't even check to see who won it because it was, it, it felt like a, a million years ago. So, um, what the bet was was that it was the, um. Uh, free throw percentage um, oh, yeah. over the course of the week, um, and and the good news is that Harden's getting every call now, and he flops, and he gets like eleven three throws a game, so you'll be fine. You should win this one. Uh, that was a dig. Um, so minimum ten. I'm happy. You think it's a dig, but I'm a, I'm agreeing with you and enjoying uh, every second. Of it. That's what Netflix like, do. Yes, he gets a lot of points. Uh, I agree. Yeah, it kills me. Him and him and Trey Young getting all the calls again. It drives me mental. But anyway, um, I think we go back and, and rerun that one. So next week, um, this week coming up, free throw percentage, minimum 10 attempts, uh, highest percentage for the week. Yeah. And for an A player. Yeah, yeah. One player, yeah. yeah so yeah. I'll add up everyone's, everyone's and they have to have at least 10 and then we'll go from there. And I think your guys are your guys are, are pretty outstanding. So I, I expect that you will Hopefully, do pretty well. We found the end of another ep for you legends that listen all the way through. Thank you. Now, look, we got um, a, a wrap up because Spotify is a person who runs Anchor. I got a podcast wrap up. We had a we had a whole bunch of great stats. Uh, I have a hundred people who listen to the rugby league. One of my centurions that about fifty of them left, but twenty other people have turned up that didn't listen before. So we have about seventy per week. Uh, twenty of you are straight up NBA. Fifty of you are just hanging on because. Um, You've got nothing else to do. And 50 of you, I'm assuming, are going to come back when NRL kicks off. But there are three people who, for the entire year, well, according to, <laughs> according to the thing, three people have listened to every single minute of every single podcast this year. And so those three people are the people I'm thinking right now. You've listened all the way through and you've listened all the way through through the entire year. And there was something like 170-something episodes last year. So those people, thank you very much. We hope you get open looks or chip and chases, whatever it is that you love, uh, and you're just scoring in all parts of your life. Cardi B, it's a pleasure to spend time with you, sir. As always, thank you, mate. Uh, I just want to take one second as well to say uh, thanks for the uh, T-shirts. Um, for those that, that don't follow his T-shirts, you should. Um, I've got a couple of them now, but he was kind enough to put a uh, Cam Johnson one together for me, Cam Johnson from the Suns. I'm going to put it on my Instagram in the next couple of days because I finally got gave it to my brother as a, as a present yesterday. Uh, and, yes, thanks, mate. It was It's such an awesome T-shirt. Um, and anyone that wants their uh, Yes We Cam T-shirt version should get one. Pick it up. It's amazing. But thank you, mate. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Love it. Enjoy your sport for another week. Get around good people on the socials like at Brooklyn Netcast. And we'll talk to you next time, sports best friends. Sports Best Friends is hosted by me, Big T, 
and co-hosted by Ben Charlton. Music by Love Drunk Hearts, edited by Big T. We are brought to you by Cards from the Bench, and we are part of the Brooklyn Netcast Media family. Was that Dan Murphy's, like, for about half an hour, it's like my favourite place to go. Really? And, uh, yeah, I love it in there, man. Uh, especially the one near me because it has really good vintage stuff and I'm like, I'm really fussy about my wine. And, um, and of course, like walk out of there and like 12 hours later, get a zap to say that it's a COVID venue. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But now that's just, that's just what happens. That's just everywhere, isn't it? That just tells me that I definitely checked in. Essentially, wherever you check in is where you get a zap these days. If you want to get a zap from here, go check in. If you don't, don't check in.